Welcome to the Self-Worth Project. If you're ready to heal your toxic patterns, to feel good about yourself without apology, and to create a life that feels supported, juicy, and aligned, this is the podcast for you. So keep listening. Hello, gorgeous soul. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Jen, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm a coach, hypnotist, and healer, and today I want to talk to you about self-gaslighting. Does that sound like it's a thing to you? Because I get it if you are rolling your eyes right now. The word gaslighting has gone from being this niche thing to something that is super mainstream and that people just throw around and to the point that it is kind of losing meaning, which is unfortunate because it's a really useful word. But today I don't want to talk about the kind of gaslighting that you've probably experienced or seen in relationships. I want to talk about the kind of gaslighting that you do to yourself. The reason why I want to talk about this is because this is so prevalent in the way that we think about ourselves. And I just want to show you that if you had a parent that was doing this to you, if you had a parent that was gaslighting you, there is a good chance that they had no idea that that's what they were doing. I'm not defending all gaslighting narcissistic parents when I say that by any means. Of course, some people out there use gaslighting very consciously and as a tool to hurt people. That definitely exists. But I also think that people tend to engage in this gaslighting. It's like a cultural thing that we've been doing for so long that we've experienced from our parents. And because we learned that from our family environments, we're still doing it to ourselves. And so it's hard to walk away from that behavior entirely if you don't know that you're doing it to yourself. (laughs) So I feel like we're all very conscious about how we see this in other people and how we see it in our family history, in our past, in the way we were brought up and in our romantic relationships. But maybe we're not looking out for how we're gaslighting ourselves. But I can pretty much guarantee you that if you're gaslighting yourself, you're, you're going to have a bit of a higher chance of gaslighting someone else. And I don't mean that, again, I don't mean that you're trying to do that. I don't mean you're, you're trying to manipulate people. I don't mean that you are a narcissist. I don't mean any of that. But it's just the way that we think about the world and the way that we have had an emotional education and how that is lacking. That all has created this phenomenon. And from my perspective, the only way to really get out of this is to look within and to see how we gaslight ourselves and to work on changing that. And when we can work on not gaslighting ourselves, then of course we have a much better chance of not accidentally gaslighting someone else. Okay, so what do I mean when I'm talking about self-gaslighting? I think there's a good chance that you are doing this, especially if you are millennial, Gen X, like those of us who are raised by boomers. I really think that boomers just did this because that's how they were raised. And every time I bring up the names of particular generations, people like to pile on and talk about how terrible boomers are, etc. And that is not the point of this episode today. I just use that language sometimes as a way of clarifying what I'm speaking about and the younger generations I think have it a little bit different because we have all become more emotionally educated over time. When I'm talking about self-gaslighting, I'm meaning you 
talking yourself out of things. I'm meaning you telling yourself that what you are feeling is not accurate or valid or telling yourself that you shouldn't be a certain way or think a certain way or have a certain experience. That is what I'm talking about when it comes to self-gaslighting. So let's say that you just got out of a relationship. Say a relationship ended abruptly and you find yourself heartbroken. You find yourself really in that place of sadness and grief that inevitably happens when we end a relationship. But perhaps some time has gone on and you are in this place now where you're telling yourself, well, this is so stupid. You shouldn't feel this way. You should be over this by now. The reason why this is gaslighting is because you are denying yourself your genuine experience. It is definitely healthy and valid for you to have those feelings, to sit there with that pain and to work your way through it. There's something to be said for putting a time limit on that and telling yourself that, okay, after this many days or this many weeks or this many months, I'm going to get on with life. There's something to be said for that for sure. But I think a lot of people end up rushing themselves through this experience because they want to put themselves back out there. They want to get back in the dating pool. They want to go find another relationship right away. And that's not coming from the best place. It's coming from a place of, I lost this thing, so I need to go out and replace it, rather than I am in the right headspace to create a new romantic relationship. And so you start telling yourself that you shouldn't feel this way. You shouldn't be in mourning. You shouldn't be sad anymore. You are judging yourself and you are denying the reality that you are actually feeling. You are trying to make yourself be somewhere other than where you are. So there is something to be said for people that can do this. People that are like, okay, I'm going to grieve for a month and then I'm going to get on with it. You know, there, I know that there are people out there that are like that, for sure. Personally, I do not understand that at all. Anytime that I personally have tried to pretend my emotions away, I can tell you it has never, ever worked. <laughs> I feel like the people that say they do that are just compartmentalizing and that they're hiding away from things that they're afraid to feel. And those feelings... If you have been following my work for a while now, you know that I've told you this before, like those feelings do not go away. When you break up with somebody and you have that grief and you don't really let yourself process it, it doesn't just go away. It's going to come out in one way or another, probably somewhere down the line. And it might come out in a way that you aren't expecting. And it might come out in a very unelegant way or a very chaotic way. And that isn't any better than just sitting there with the feeling in the moment and processing it. Basically, like you, if you have those feelings, like there's no bandage solution, like you just cannot press a button and be over it. I think you can try, (laughs) but for most of us, it just doesn't work. So when you're telling yourself you should feel something other than what you are feeling, and if you are really, really in the depths of despair and really, really trying to tell yourself you shouldn't be there, it creates this weird dynamic within yourself. Like you're on this emotional roller coaster, like you don't want to feel sad and then you do feel sad and then you feel even worse for feeling sad because you caught yourself feeling sad. 
And ultimately, this really erodes our sense of self-trust because you need to have your own back no matter what. And it's really hard for you to have your own back if there are two very real parts of you doing two very different things and those pieces are clashing. And that's really what's happening. Your, your conscious mind is wanting you to move on, but your energy and emotions are still bleeding, basically. Emotional bleeding, let's put it that way. It's like you're, you're trying to pretend that you've finished healing, but you very much not. And because these two pieces are constantly butting up against each other, I think that makes it even worse. I think that makes the whole process even more uncomfortable and longer to deal with. So I want you to become aware of how you were doing that to yourself. And I want you to become also aware of how you might learn how to do that. And this is the part where it comes back to the parenting. I think a lot of us were taught this. It's like, oh, you're not sad. When you're a little kid, something happens and you're sad. Oh, you shouldn't be sad. No, you can't get upset about that. You can't be angry about that. A lot of us had parents that invalidated our emotions. And that is a form of gaslighting because we can argue about the circumstances, but the emotions are there. The emotions are not to be argued with. The emotions are not wrong. You should not ever have to feel like you need to apologize for those. They're not necessarily the fault of someone else. There should not be someone telling you that those should not be there because no one is in your little world. No one can understand and no one can take that away from you. So we learned to have that taken away from us, probably from our parents because that's what they did to themselves and that's how they were raised. But now as adults, we're doing that to ourselves. So that is a form of self gaslighting. And the second way that you might be gaslighting yourself, which is also so important, is pretending to be happy. And I say this with all due respect and love in my heart because I have been there. I was the queen of pretending to be happy. And this happens when you are in a situation where things aren't quite right, but they're not completely wrong either. And so you end up in the situation where you know you're not happy and there's a part of you inside that might be screaming and screaming and screaming to get your attention. I know my case, that was definitely happening. But you never let yourself have that tough conversation. You never let yourself really bring up what is on your mind or what the possibility is in front of you that you know you need to take. You never even let yourself go there because you're too busy trying to convince yourself that you're okay. And there's so many reasons why we do this. Primarily because your brain doesn't like change. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to do anything new and scary. So if you're in a relationship, for example, and you've been in that relationship for months or years and you're comfortable, but maybe not quite happy, your brain is going to do its best to tell you, oh yeah, like you should just be happy with this. This is what it is. You should just learn how to be content. You should stop listening to that part of yourself that wants more. You should stop thinking about what you thought your life would be like and settle for this. And isn't this better than being single again? Isn't this better than the potential future? <laughs> I can tell you 
my darling, if you are in that situation, yeah, it can really hurt to get out of it, especially if you're married or cohabitating. But you, being alone, being you is a beautiful thing. A beautiful, beautiful thing. I always tell everybody, (laughs) I'm so good at making myself happy. I am the expert at making myself happy. I know how to do that so well, and I have so much more time to do that when I'm not in a relationship. I'm not telling you that you should never date anyone again. That is definitely not what I mean. But not all relationships are bringing something to the table. In fact, many of them are gradually wearing us down, gradually depleting our energy and our reserves, gradually making us feel like we settled for something that we didn't really want. And I know I'm talking about relationships more in this episode today, but this could also apply to a job. Staying in that job that does not light you up, that in fact actually might drive you a little bit crazy, but perhaps you've been there for a long time, or perhaps you really like your coworkers. That was always a big reason for me to stick around. Or perhaps you get paid really well, but you know there's that feeling inside of you. You you know that you're dissatisfied. How long are you going to ignore that? Trying to tell yourself that everything is great when it's not, that is a huge form of self-gaslighting. And I can tell you, it doesn't get any better. We can hope that the magic that we once felt will get better or that someday we're going to feel that satisfaction come back to the job or the relationship or whatever. And many times it does not. I mean, of course, yeah, there's things you can do. You can change your mindset. You can maybe ask for a different position at work. There there are things you can do. Like I'm not telling every single person listening to this, you need to drop the situation and leave. But sometimes you know, you know in your bones, you know in your bones that you are in the wrong place. And it doesn't even matter why. It does not even matter why. If you are trying to talk yourself out of that message that you were in the wrong place, place, then you need to do the best thing for yourself and stop pretending to be happy. And finally, one more way that we self-gaslight is when we constantly believe other people's opinions about the world or the situation more than our own. So what this really shows me is that you don't inherently trust yourself. Perhaps you had a misunderstanding with somebody and they are telling you their side of things and your automatic response is, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, well, maybe I misunderstood. Okay, well, maybe I didn't quite get that in the moment. And yeah, of course, there's times when those things are true, right? Like we all make make mistakes. But if this is your chronic kind of way of dealing with things like, oh, okay, I must have misunderstood you're right. Like if the other person is always right and you're never right, then I would really question why that is. Well, I'm going to guess why that is. <laughs> I'm going to guess that that also comes from your childhood. Again, if you're raised in a home where you didn't ever get to be right, where your parents would never apologize, when you always had to be the one apologizing and doing the little dance to make everybody happy, You're probably playing that game on some level in your adult relationships. 
And so that might mean that you are in that people-pleasing mentality, even without realizing it. That might mean that you will pretend that you didn't hear them correctly, pretend that you got it wrong. You will do what you can to keep the peace because that is how you know how to operate. And you will swallow your perspective. You won't stand up for yourself. You won't, not that you need to fight people all the time, but you're not going to be advocating for yourself on any level. And we all need to know how to do that. Like some situations, yeah, okay. Sometimes we got to acquiesce to our partners, right? Sometimes we've got to look at a situation and be like, okay, I'm going I'm to give this one to my partner, right? Because, you know, sometimes you just have to do that. But when this is chronic, when you were chronically apologizing, when you were chronically getting it wrong, I'm going to guess that you didn't actually get it wrong. I'm going to guess that you are self-gaslighting. You are leaning into the other person's story more because you don't trust your own or you have a lot of anxiety about what this person will do if you do disagree with them. And that is another way that we can gaslight ourselves. What I wanted to really bring this up in this episode today is to remind you of the power of being your own best friend. And part of the way that you get there is by learning how to trust yourself. Self-trust equals self-confidence. It is hard for us to create that confidence if we don't have our own back. If we are constantly over-apologizing or people-pleasing and telling everyone else that they're right. It is hard to have our own back when we are denying our discomfort or really putting on a brave face and pretending to be happy in a situation that really isn't making us happy. And we cannot have self-trust when we are denying our very real emotional states. You need to just really embody yourself and have your own back. This is why reparenting is so key for me in my healing process. Because we need to basically go in and give ourselves those tools that we obviously did not receive as children. We need to learn how to advocate for yourself. And if you were in that kind of family dynamic where you could never be right, it was always your parent that was right, or it was always your parent telling you that you shouldn't feel a certain way, then you're going to have some work to do on this because you have taken that emotional gaslighting from your childhood and you are now applying it to yourself. The only way that you can begin to heal that is to start to notice this process and start advocating for yourself instead of denying. So that's all I have for you this week, my beautiful friend. But I really hope this episode has shone a light on something and reminded you to get your own back a little bit more this week. I'm wishing you a beautiful week.